Episode 22, I do believe, of Pals of Bill Wadman, and we are here in Gigi Chen's studio. In uh, where, where is this? What would you call this? This is Spanish Harlem. Spanish we're, Harlem. Yeah, we're on, on 107th Street. Yeah, you know, people from Brooklyn don't get up here that often. Well, there's kind of, you know, this is like an old school neighborhood, man. Yeah, I think this is like the last frontier, non-gentrified area, but it's. It's starting to happen, actually. Yeah. It's starting to now change. I've been in this building uh, for close to about nine years, Yeah, you know, um, and nothing has really changed. It's still like Spanish food. Yeah. We have Taco Bell. We have our crown fried chicken. Yeah. You know, like old school neighborhood, you know, I, getting yeah. cat called while you walk over. Oh, really? <laughs> Even when I was, I was walking over uh, just now and, and the last time I was here was about two years ago when I took your picture. Uh, for my project and, and it, yeah, it feels exactly the same. Yeah. It hasn't changed a lot. Lexington Avenue is, you know, it's funny. It's uh, the people who own our building own a lot of the buildings in the area and it's been uh slow coming, but you know, everything below, I think like what 96th street is obviously getting, has yeah, always hopping, been yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Hopping and hopping and hopping. But um, you know how the second Avenue subway yeah. didn't quite make it up here. <clears throat> Yeah. You know, it's still on 96th were, Street. Were they going to expand it up to like 110th or something and they didn't? They're supposed to expand it to 125th oh, at okay. some point. But okay. that's, I mean, it took, what, 100 years to make, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to those, make it happen. So for those of you who don't live in New York, we haven't had a new, actual new subway line or at least a bunch of stations in forever. Yeah, we have, we, what, we got, we've got new two new stations. Like three new, three new stations. We got a seven yeah. train. And then there's the seven train goes all the way out to the, to the West side. Now I've never even seen that station. I've feels like you're it. in I've another city inside. as are these in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we're all the way up here and Gigi's <laughs> a painter, uh, which is very exciting to me because, uh, while I, my last episode, I talked to my friend Eli, who's an illustrator and a painter and teaches at city tech. Um, your fine art painting is just like what you do which is just amazing to me. And I know very, very, I mean, I know some things about painting, but I'm, I've, I've just, I have so many questions, I guess is what it comes down to. Um, well, first of all, you grew up in New York. I spent my whole life here actually. Right. I, um, but I you were born in, in China. I was born in Guangdong in China, but I came here when I was eight months old. Um, yeah, but I spent my whole life mostly in Woodhaven, Queens. And yeah. I've been up in West Harlem, living in West Harlem for 10 years. And I've been in this East Harlem studio for nine. What was it like growing up? So what, how old are you now? You're in your 30s. I'm going to be 37 in two weeks. Okay. So you're a little bit younger than me. So you were growing up here in the 80s and yeah. early 90s. Mm-hmm. What were the 80s and 90s like in Queens? And did you come into Manhattan a lot? You know, did, was the New York art scene? I grew up in Connecticut. I didn't have the opportunity to get on a train and half an hour later be at the Met. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing. You know, um, you know, when you spend what your whole life in one city, even New York City, you feel like it's just so normal, you know? Yeah. But you know, it's funny. You don't realize it, that other people did not have that experience? I, I didn't. No, you know, it's funny. It's that I used to think that going out into the suburbs when I was a little kid was like Mars. But then I realized when I grew up that New York City is Mars. Like nothing else yeah, is actually of, like yeah, it. Yeah. Really no other city in America at the very least. I haven't seen a lot of the world, but but for sure you go to any other so-called big city and you're like, oh, it's just, it's a city. Yeah. You know, it's not, it, I mean, it's great. Obviously every city is different, but um, 
I, you know, I grew up in an immigrant family. We came here. We we didn't we didn't move to like stereotypical like Chinese flushing, but we were in Woodhaven, and it was very diverse in Woodhaven. Um, that's like all the way near the end of the J train, right? And I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like it felt like we were near the J train, but it still felt very suburban in a lot of ways. It was very diverse. It was very Italian when I was growing up, but I didn't see. We came into the city to be in Chinatown because my family were Chinese. Right. Um, no, I, I mean, I wasn't terribly aware of, of even Midtown until I was in high school. I went, so when I went to high school, I went to LaGuardia Music and Art. Right. For but you for were art. already obviously illustrating and painting and drawing. What, what level of painting and drawing and art were you at at that time? When I was like a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you like the kind of kid who had a pile of paper and crayons all the time and drawing stuff constantly? And then somebody gave you a set of, you know... I don't know, uh, colored pencils at age seven and for your birthday. And you went crazy with those. Like, were you that kid? I, you know, I think I was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my parents wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that my parents encouraged me, but I mean, I think they liked that I was always busy. I mean, I was, I mean, to this day, I'm incredibly busy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I kept myself, my imagination was rampant. I drew all the time, but, um, and I knew really early on that I was going to do this forever. Really? You know, I mean, I, I drew, I copied cartoons, but when I became like, uh, maybe like 11, 12, yeah. I became obsessed with Da Vinci and I was obsessed with these like black and white reproductions of, of Picasso's and, 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 and Brock's when I was a kid, I didn't even know what they were. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was obsessed with this idea of cubism, but I was obsessed with realism. And I, and I taught myself how to do realistic stuff with graphite on my own as a kid, yeah, you know, yeah. because we had, we had a lot of art classes even in middle school and everything, but I mean, I was obsessed, yeah. right? I mean, I just knew that there was a level of excellence that I have to this day been obsessed with. Right. You know, this obsession. The, I mean, your stuff is very, obviously, uh, uh, very representational, very sort of realism, a lot of it, you know what I mean? Like, cause your stuff, you're recreating actual structure and tone and all that kind of stuff in a way that a lot of like cubism and stuff or even more modern stuff than that, where it's really has nothing to do with the sub. No, it's, I mean, it's, that isn't true actually. I mean, if you look at, if you look at drawings from Picasso, yeah, like his figure drawings are gorgeous. In fact, I, I'm not a big fan <clears throat> of his paintings. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I get them. I, I went all the way I, to Madrid in the fall to see Guernica in real life. I mean, we used to have, <clears throat> We used it used to, to be have, at the Met. It used to be at, at the MoMA. At MoMA, already. I right, saw right, yeah. that painting my entire life as a you kid. You saw it as a kid because, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it all the time and I didn't, I loved it. I loved it as a kid and I still do really love it. I mean, but, but, you know, in terms of like the things that I'm Also, interestingly to, enough, black and white. And it's black and white. It's, you know, a few years ago, the Guggenheim had a black and white Picasso show. And I think that was probably for me my favorite. Yeah. show that I've ever seen a Picasso. So MoMA I mean, had the, had the uh, Picasso sculpture stuff a couple of years ago. And it's like as good as some of his sculptures were mm -hmm. at the same time, you come around the corner and there's like a single painting on the wall. And you go, no painting is his thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, you can't argue with how prolific he was, right? Yeah. I mean, there's and that. how many different styles he jumped through mm -hmm. in his career. I mean, if you think about he made Demoiselle d'Avignon, the really famous yep. painting really early in his life. He, 1906. I think it I mean, he was young. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, those were, uh, Granica, I don't know how old he was when he made that, but 
thirties and the young. other one was, he was 20 something. He was probably in his forties or fifties. And, I mean, and he lived a long time yeah. and went through many wives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, he is one of those people. I mean, even at MoMA, you could walk through six different rooms that have his work in it, like over the course of right. the fifth floor. And you would not think they were the same artist. Yeah. But that's a fallacy to think that every artist works in the same way. I mean, the thing I, is, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the fact that he did that, but I think that, I think it's more, Maybe there are a lot of artists who are known for a specific thing, I mean, even though they known, did other stuff. Yeah, I mean, being known for and also what's quote unquote popular, they're not, you know, I look, I'm only 37. Yeah. I have made a lot of work for my age. And I know a lot, many, many artists my own age who have also made just like a crap load of work. Yeah. The thing is, it's like life is really weird. Life is, if you're lucky, life is long, yeah. you know, and you run through the gamut of things. And honestly, um, and the work I'm working on now is actually completely different from what I was making when I met Bill, like yeah. what, four years ago, yeah. four or five years ago. I mean, I wasn't, I was making very highly cartoony work because yeah. I went to school to be an animator yeah. and I was, and I still am. I love robots. I love like fuzzy bumblebee things. I like painted these like crazy looking paintings with cartoon characters. And, and I still do sometimes I just like sit and I like to paint robots but I like to now paint them realistically, you know? I mean, you're not, I was held when I went, I went to school to be an animator at school of visual arts. I graduated in 2000 in 2004. I thought my entire life, I thought I was going to become a Disney animator. You know, I, I mean, that was, that was what I wanted to be. When I was a kid, the drawing that was the reason why I decided to be a painter when I, be an artist forever, like forever and ever was when I was like 10 years old and I drew a painting. I did a little watercolor of the little mermaid. And I was like, (laughs) I am a genius. Yeah. 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 This is amazing. This is perfect. I was like, because at the time I was like, wow, I didn't realize I could do this. I remember painting her eye. Tell me I need a job. Yeah. And I was just, and then from then on, I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do from now on. And then from then on, I drew obsessively every single day, still do. I make stuff every, almost every day, um, obsessively, obsessively, because it wasn't, you know, I, as a Chinese immigrant, I was always told, you know, and it's very cultural, like behave, be good, obey, obey the rules, blah, 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 blah. And I was an amazing student to a fault, but the problem was it was making me sick. You know, I mean, that, 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 that level of, uh, obsession and perfection. Um, because when you're, it's not, we didn't have extracurricular activities the way normal kids do. We didn't have soccer practice. I mean, we didn't have like theater and, and I mean, meaning that my parents weren't like, okay, we're going to, we're going to take her to dance class. That stuff never happened. Painting and drawing is free. Yeah. You pick up a piece of paper, get some materials and let her go do her thing. Yeah. I mean, you can use a freaking marker, highlighters, like pens. Like it's like not a thing, but, it, but it's interesting to me though, that, that as a youth, you wanted to basically do, if you wanted to be a, a cell animator, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very commercial art. Well, I mean, but, you, but, but it, 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 yes, of course, of course. Do you, but do you see, like, but do you see a distinction between that and the, the more fine art kind of painting you're trying to do now? Or are those just two different sides of the same coin? I think making art is making art. I think okay. that it's just like what you're drawn to. I mean, I, you know, I wanted to be an animator, but I also really wanted to be Da Vinci. I yeah. was obsessed with Da Vinci. I 
loved. I used to, I couldn't afford art books as a kid. And I would sit in Barnes and Noble, you know, and I would copy his drawings after school. I would yeah. copy, uh, 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 you know, uh, pictures of the Pieta that Michelangelo made, you know, oh, from yeah, the Vatican. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what I did because I couldn't afford these books. And it isn't like, and I, so I just did that. I filled my sketchbooks with sculptures that I found in books and I went to the MoMA and I, and I, and I went to the MoMA and I went to the Met and I drew sculptures yeah, because that's yeah. free, you know? Yeah. And, um, if you, do you still have those sketchbooks? Are you the kind of person who keeps everything? I keep all of my sketchbooks. I have all Do you my ever look back at the stuff you did at age 13? Yeah, I was a genius. No. No, was it good? <laughs> or do you look at it now and go, wow, I thought this was really good. And it like, it had potential, but I wasn't where I. Well, that's like out of context, you know, like sure. it's yeah. not, I mean, um, I look at the stuff that I did when I was in, in school and I'm like, I was really, I look at it and I go like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I can totally see why I wanted to obsessively do this stuff. You know, yeah. my, I was obsessed with, with, with Prismacolor color pencils. My, I was my, right with the colored pencils. Yeah. I mean, my <laughs> senior year quote, my senior quote, in my yearbook forever and ever is like, everything will be okay as long as there are Prismacolors. So <laughs> freaking dorky even in an art school i was like master dork like i was obsessed because even in art school i would do all my assignments and fill my sketchbooks up and make giant drawings on my own i mean it was always something i needed to like needed desperately to do do you think do you you think of your art or art in general as a as a technical pursuit or as a uh, uh, is it a cerebral thing or is it a, or is it a heart thing? Can it just be like obsessive? I mean, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, just, it just, it's interesting that you say the thing about colored pencils and you talk about drawing all the time. Like it seems to you that you, and, and you liked people like drawings of, of Da Vinci, and Michelangelo, which are very technical drawings, very sure. like precise, right? It's accuracy that these guys were going for. I mean, you look at the muscles on Michelangelo stuff and it's like, he wanted a bunch of cute boys around that he could like paint or draw naked. You know what I mean? Like that's his thing. Right. <laughs> and you could tell that and that's cool. But, but it, it, and, and it was, it was, a, it was about precision and it was about accuracy, especially in, in that time period. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. All I mean, that what, through what Caravaggio else, through what whatever else was there. I mean, if you yeah. were making a living back then during, during the Renaissance, you were getting, Rich people paying you to make well, paintings I mean, was, of God or them. But it was the church. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was the church and, and obviously people with money. But, um, I mean, what do they want, right? They wanted things that they recognized. They didn't necessarily want stuff. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of very interesting things in, in uh, Da Vinci's sketchbooks that are kind of cartoony and weird. And, he, you know, he drew all, like, death machines. and yeah, sure. But it isn't. No, I mean, that's what people want. And even today, guys, I mean, really, what do people want? Drawings of cats. Yeah, yeah. People want drawings of cats. I yeah. mean, there is, there's no like, or, or in, in my, my parlance is you can never go wrong taking a picture of a pretty person. You can never right? go wrong like, with, with drawing beautiful girls, with yep. long hair. You can never go wrong. I mean, and I, I would even say, and this is like the weirdest thing that I could even say. This is a kind of a screwed up thing to say about my own work right now is that I used to make these really crazy paintings. I didn't, I didn't sell a lot of them, but I did actually, it's funny because I did, but I, you know, but I, in hindsight, it took longer to sell them. Which, which crazy paintings are you talking about? Which work? So for, uh, I used to make these really crazy paintings with like cartoon characters and, yeah. uh, and people the stuff and, in the bathtubs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love those. I love those too. And I, 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 the thing is like, and those, I, those skirt line, if, if you're talking about you being cartoony versus being very sort of literal photorealistic, sure, but, but, those are leaning towards the cartoony side, right? Everything's I think those exaggerated. Are more, those, those, 
paintings were much more about storytelling. Yeah. And and storytelling and because I because I wanted to be a filmmaker and I just never I was never comfortable when I was younger about writing. I was very uncomfortable with writing. I mean, I'm a little bit better about it now. I'm a lot more literate, obviously, a little bit more well-spoken. You know, being in the art world for a long time, you learn how to speak about yourself and try not to sound like a moron. Also, you know, I'm not, I'm not 23 anymore, you know, like I, meaning that, you know, going back to what we were talking about, all the different phases in Picasso's life or other artists' life, it's that I had a time period where I wanted to be a filmmaker. And when I left school, I didn't become a filmmaker because I wanted to paint. And, but I... In, in order to still make films, I made these very strangely narrative paintings with cartoons and people and, and a lot of things running around. And um, and that was a time in my life, you know. But after a while, I just no longer connected to that because after like, what, 10 years, you know, I didn't connect to that person anymore. I still love telling stories. I still really love telling stories. But I no longer felt like that was my story anymore. And I think it's funny. It's like whenever people write about my work, they always say Gigi was an animator. But the thing is, I was never an animator. I went to school to be an animator. I actually never ended up um, pursuing it as a career. It just didn't happen. And it's a really funny thing because sometimes people, when I get introduced to do a presentation or when people write about what I do, they always say Gigi was an animator. I'm like, literally, it never happened. I never worked in the business. I was offered work. You could do that. If If you had taken a different road 15 years ago, you could be an animator. Sure. I mean, but, but, that, but that's not like, that's neither here nor there at this point. Yeah, you know? of course, I mean, of I ended up working with artists when I was in, in college. Right. And the truth is you can never get around who you really are. You know, I mean, yeah. I went to school to be an animator because I thought that was what I wanted to be. But really in my heart, I wanted to paint. Right. And, and, and Interesting I, that it was painting and cause you draw, I've seen your sketchbooks. Yeah. You start with, you're very much a start with sketching kind of person. Sure. You sketch on your canvases before you start painting. Mm-hmm. You have pr- preliminary sketches, which mm-hmm. are often just as beautiful as the paintings. D- was it, was it a feeling of, uh, I can draw, I can illustrate, but people don't take illustration as seriously as they do painting. So I'm going to turn no. my illustrations into paintings. No, no, no. no. You I wanted mean, to be a painter. I've always, I, I just think that th- differentiating that right now to me is like, besides the point, like yeah. I did, I'm just saying from the market point of view, I guess. I, I mean, I literally don't, I mean the market point of view, people can, people want to peg you. Yeah. I mean people, but I also don't care. You yep. know, I didn't go to school to be a painter. I didn't go to fine art school. My, my high school taught me how to make stuff, but it, we never talked about the tenets of the art world. We talked about things that happened to the art world, but generally we didn't, we talked about art history. Sure. I mean, I'm very interested in techniques because it's the language, yep. you know? I mean, I I have seen illustrators paint far better than people who are showing in galleries. So sure. far better than me, you know? And the thing is, I went, I I don't care. I I don't think that people want to peg you because people like pegging people. Yeah. You, you don't love, think you don't think medium is the message. You, I mean, you're choosing painting, but it's not. There's nothing special about painting. I I love painting. I love the magic of painting, but I also love I love images. I love I love making things come to life, just like I did when I was in, when I was take, doing animation. I just don't think that the thing is. I went to school to be an animator. I didn't go yeah. to school to be a painter. You know, so so, trying to tell a story of that in a single frame essentially is what you're trying to do. Yeah. So actually, your job and my job is actually not that dissimilar. No, I don't think at all. I think that you tell wonderful stories. And I think that you also, I just don't, I mean, at, at this point in history, 
who the hell cares? Yeah. I mean, I people people have said to me, my your work is too illustrative. And I would go, Yeah, so what? Like, yeah. even when I was younger, at this point in my life, I have been showing for a long time. I like I've, that part of it, by the way. About, I, I'm a fa- I'm a fan of photorealism and illustrative looking sure. stuff. Like I, sure. I like, I mean, I like abstract stuff too at times, but if you had to make me choose my favorite artist is Caravaggio, it's not Picasso. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Or it's not, it's uh, definitely not Caravaggio. Pollock, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I get it. I get that stuff, but yeah. there is like a certain level of, well, the pinnacle of all this stuff was Bernini and Caravaggio for me. Like mm-hmm. that's where things like, okay, this can't get that much but better. Also, it's not like, it isn't like, Pollock didn't draw his drawings are lovely. Exactly. You know, and, and yeah. Picasso's drawings. Oh my God. Some of his figures. Absolutely. I am like, I love, I just love their sensitive and their gorgeous. Even the weird and, light painting stuff know? that he did in some of the photographic work, you know, where he just like draw, you know, like long exposure yeah, I, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or, or Warhol was a hell of an illustrator before mm-hmm. he started doing all the stuff that yeah. he did. So and it's, it's, so it's like, honestly, it's freaking besides, I mean, at this point it's besides the point. I mean, the thing is you can't get around who you are. Yep. Just like I couldn't have, I couldn't have ended up in an art, in an animation studio. I left school and it made me sick thinking that I was going to end up in a, in a, in a animation studio in front of a computer for the rest of my life. Yep. When I graduated in 2004, things were about to go all digital and, and granted all of my friends. If you, you had been born 20 years earlier and it was all still sell, do you think you would have been happier? Was it the computer part of it? The like abstraction away from physical objects that kind of bothered you? I think that, and I hate I mean, I love, and I hate this about myself. I really hate being in one place all the time. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And I also hate money because I chose to be a painter, you know, <laughs> like the thing is, it's like, but the thing is, I see my friends getting hired and fired all the time. I mean, I mean, they've had time. I mean, the thing is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, time is, time is finite, right? Yep. I mean, our, our time here is finite. Yep. You can die I, at any moment. Why are you spending it living somebody else's life? I, I don't, I didn't want to work on someone's cartoon series. I didn't want to, yeah. I, I didn't love, I mean, I have so much to say. For my, I have so much that I want. I, I want to give to the world and for myself. And I and time is finite. And I I was terrified in my twenties about this lifestyle. And there are moments where I have great moments of existential crises about like my financial situation. But I also don't we all? Yeah, I mean, but I'm 37 now, and I had it really briefly sitting in the studio today, going like, what the? What am I going to do with myself yeah. if I run out of money? And then I go, Gigi, you're 37. You're not, you're not 27. I stopped working full-time when I was 27. Um, I, and I still am. I'm a part-time artist assistant. I used to be a full-time artist assistant for, yeah. for artists. And, and so that's partially how I make my living. And God bless the artists that I work. I work for this amazing painter, Kathleen Gillia. I've been with her since I was 19 years old. Right. I'm going to be 37. I mean, I am, she is actually a big reason why I realize that this life can be possible. I don't know her work. What's her work like? She used to restore old masters. Oh, yeah, that must and, be interesting. And she could paint like Caravaggio. Uh, yes. And she makes work that's um, she recreates paintings. Okay, but then she'll change them to make them look to give them have a message. And sh- she can the things that I have worked on with her since I was a kid. Um, literally when I was a kid, right. I I started working for her when I had just turned 19. I started working with her probably a week before my 19th birthday. I'm, I'm really lucky. And, 
And I am still with her twice a week. I used to be her full-time assistant. I've had times where I haven't worked for her at all. Right. Um, but um, you know what's really funny is that I've I've always felt, you know, like I love a challenge. And I've always felt very challenged working for her after all this time. And I still adore her and I still love being there. And and she is the reason, she is a big reason why I also know that it's this life can be possible and it's all about choices. Sure. You know, because yeah. um uh, this is not, I don't know, maybe because I've seen over the years, a lot of my friends have wanted to drop out of the animation business because they've also felt like they're like, they wanted to try their hand at doing the thing they really want to do. I mean, we went to school to make things yep, and then you end up with a job making other people's things. And a lot of that stuff has gotten outsourced internationally too. a lot of the animation. Stuff oh yeah. I mean, a lot of animation is, and, yeah. and, and, and it's been like that for a while, especially now with computers. Uh, I mean, even traditional animation, a lot of it was done yeah. in Korea, Japan. I mean, yeah. the, but the thing is like, I, I mean, even though I was working full time and part time for these, for these artists, I never felt like any of that was mine. And I never felt like I was, I never felt like I was take, being taken advantage of or, or it was going in a place that didn't belong. I, I mean, the thought of painting and drawing every day, all day long. I mean, I'm really good at what I do because I painted and I drew for these artists yeah. for the last, like, whatever years, right? I'm, the, the, I, the guy I interviewed last, he had a college professor who was an, apparently an extraordinary uh, illustrator. Mm-hmm. And one of the other students asked, like, how did you get so good? And he said, miles and miles of paper. Miles of paper. I mean, they, you know, the 10,000. I've thrown out more stuff than you've ever drawn. Yeah, I mean the ten thousand hour rule. I mean that's a real thing. I mean, yep. if you, I used to be a full time assistant painting old master paintings with this artist, like since I was nineteen, every yep. summer, and then right after college, full time. At one point, I was working with another artist. Also, also, I mean, basically, I was drawing and painting sixty hours a week, and then going home and painting for and drawing for myself. I mean, it was insane. So, I mean, when people tell me. I want to be a painter, but there's no time. I tell them about that time in my life where I went to my job at 8.30, left that job at 3.30, walked over to my other job, yeah. which happened to be close by and worked there until 11, came home, made dinner and, and worked until 2 a.m. for myself because, yeah. and I would always say, so what's the freaking problem? You get out yeah. of work at five. Like, yeah. what yeah. is your problem? Yeah. Like maybe the thing is, it's like Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. Like, just, it, it, like, well, don't make it's, excuses. It's also, it's not just, it's not about do or do not. I mean, like, I don't want to make it into a virtue. Is that, it's not about a virtue about doing. I And we don't, I don't want to fetishize this whole, like, lifestyle that we have. Because it's hard, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't want to make it, like. But, but, but it's irrelevant it that it's hard, it, isn't but it? I, but I also don't want to make it about, like, well, you're just not doing it. The thing is, I would always say to everybody, it's like, if you were going to do it, you would be already. Yeah. Even if you're not making a full living out of it. Like meaning yeah. that I always say that. And I'm like, it's like, if you want to, you'd be doing it already. Yeah. So therefore you, you don't be, want to really. You wouldn't be discussing it with me Yeah. because you feel weird about it, you know? And I, it's not about, it's like, to me, it's just like, I don't just want this. I need this. Yeah. This is my entire life. This is my identity. And, and how, I, there's no compromising for me in this, in my life right now about my identity. I don't want to have a discussion about whether or not I'm an illustrator or yep. my aesthetic or whether or not galleries like my shit. I don't care that galleries like my stuff. The yep. thing is, and, and this is what I've totally have spent a lot of time thinking and really coming to peace with is that nose 
don't mean anything. When people say no to you, it literally means nothing. It's only the yeses. Like somebody doesn't want to buy your painting. What difference does it make to me that you don't want to buy my painting? That other person wants to buy my painting. That other gallery wants to show me. I literally don't care that you don't want to show me. Like it literally just like, it's like going on a date. Like, what do you care whether or not I like you? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there, it's like find someone who likes you. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. And yeah. that took me so long. And obviously, my feelings sometimes still get hurt. But these days, I don't even notice it. Is it? Be- do you think it's because you just have a different way of looking at it, or because you've become more emotionally calloused about it? Oh no, I just no. I mean, you kind of get used. You, I, I, my philosophy generally has always been that no's don't matter. I mean, when I was younger, yes. But the thing is the longer you do this, the more options you have. I mean, as you know, I mean, you've been, you've been a photographer for a super long time, meaning that if you're, you're also a very well-spoken, very friendly, very sociable person. If you build up an entire lifestyle around that as a pursuit, being a good person, being like, it isn't about, it's not even about being good always. Yeah. It's, 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 it's about conviction. It's about, sure. I mean, being good is great. I, I want everyone to be good, yeah. but meaning that I have amazing relationships and, and, and art in a lot of ways have brought that to me. Yep. And meaning that it isn't just like, it's, it's, it's not, it's like making my work is my life, but having relationships is, is, is a giant part of it. It's important. You have to have friends. You have to have supporters. Like you have to have, I I tell people sometimes that the reason I do my daily thing for the last 770 days straight or whatever it is, is the fact that I get to spend X amount of time with somebody new every day. Right. The picture is not irrelevant, but like, that's just an artifact of the moment we have together. Right. Right. Like, like this is an artifact of the hour we spend here holding microphones and talking. Right. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's nice to see Gigi. We're hanging out. We're talking about what we do and how we see it. Mm-hmm. And that has value beyond yeah. me just sitting at home, right? You know right, what I mean? Right. So I mean, like, the thing is, it's like being being a per- being an artist, you're, you're still a person, yeah. right? I mean, I, I just think that it's all of it. The reason why I'm unafraid, and I used to be afraid, is because now I have a team. Yeah. You know, I have people who love me and support me, whether or not they're buying my work or not, because like whatever, and most people won't buy your work, right? Yeah. Or most people won't won't hire you to be a photographer, but they give a shit. They care. Am yeah. I allowed to curse on this podcast? Sure. Like meaning that uh, I you have to give people a reason to care about you. Yeah. Showing up and just being good at something or just showing up, period, doesn't actually like it doesn't merit it doesn't merit support, you know? So what does? I mean, conviction, showing people that you care, you know, I mean, it's just, um, is there a certain amount of sincerity? Sincerity, I think is, I, I just, I have met so many insincere people in my life and I have, and in, in my art life and in my personal life. And what's really amazing is that at this point in my life, like sincerity, and I used to, and I kind of used to be an art jerk. I used to be that asshole. And when people would ask me, ask me for advice, I wouldn't give it to them because I either wouldn't know, or I was an asshole. But I'm not in a point in my life where that has any redeeming qualities to it, to being a jerk, right? Right. So, I mean, I I just think that overall it's important to be on the, you're on this earth, you're making beautiful things. So be a fucking beautiful person, right? Does it also help though that you, having done this for 20 years or whatever now at at a high level, whether somebody likes your stuff or not, you know that it is at least at a certain level. Like my work is good, whether or not you like it. 
Yeah. That's somewhat irrelevant. I mean, I'm not I, doubting that my work is good. Everyone will give you a different opinion. Yep. I've had artists flippantly on Facebook <laughs> insult my work. What do they and, say? Oh, God. I had this painting. I had this painting with these patterns, which is kind of what I do. I have patterns and I have designs in my work. And this one girl just wrote on my comment list, on my comments, like openly for everybody. Never it's read like, the comments. Yeah. No, I mean, who cares, right? One yeah. girl said, that's nice, but I don't like the patterns. Like, and, okay. I, and I literally am like, yeah, I literally don't give a shit. Like, yeah. this is not an open forum. It's already yeah. finished. And I sold that painting last week. Like, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, I yeah, literally yeah. couldn't give a shit. Like, the thing is, it's that, no, I mean, it's just, at some point, I, 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 I have a lot of faith in what I do. And I have a lot of faith in my ability. And, but it's taken me years to, to own up to that and be like, yeah, I'm really proud of what I do. And as a woman, we're always taught bragging is whatever, whatever. It's like, well, I'm not bragging. I'm literally good at what I do. Like, right. why should I hide the fact that I'm, I can't be shy. I'm like a petite, small Asian girl. <laughs> I'm a woman. I look much younger than my age. Yeah. People don't want to take you seriously. Yeah. If you they were shy want, and quiet, people would just steamroll over you. They would, uh, oh my God, of course they would. Sure. And I'm no longer at a time in my life where... Did you used to be? God, when I was much younger. But even when I was in my 20s starting out, I, you know, you had this idea of what power... You think when you're in your 20s or starting out at any sort of career, you have this idea of who you think is in charge. Sure. And the truth is, when you get older, you realize nobody's in charge. Yep. Nobody's Isn't in charge. Isn't that strange? And no nobody's one is, in charge. And adults don't necessarily know better than you do. There's no. also this weird thing of like, no one also, knows. No one has the answers. Having a gallery doesn't mean you're more of an adult than I am yeah. and you are in charge of me. Yeah. Like, and you've been in big galleries. You've been in small galleries. You've been a oh, lot of places. I I am really lucky that I have a very dice group, die, super diverse group of people I've worked with. I Like when I was younger, I showed it like a the Queens Museum. I was like 24. Right. It was so crazy. And with my crazy paintings, I mean, and I've shown at private spaces, I've shown at these like crazy galleries. And you know, like, and I've shown, I've been showing with street artists for years. I don't even know how that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it's crazy to be showing with street artists when you're not a street artist because like, it's amazing. They're lovely people. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, see, it's all about that. It's like social, right? Like yeah. you never know. I just think it's really important to be curious about yeah. other people, yeah. artists or not. Like you learn so much, right? I and, and and you know, the project that you're doing, you get to meet everybody in the world, right? Everybody yeah. under the sun. All kinds of diverse, interesting people. And and the thing is, like what connects you is what you do. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it's it that's the first connection. I, I think there's and there's a big part of it that, you know, people are just people. You know, people it's funny people. how everyone tries to make We're it out to be like I'm this, I'm that, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, guys, yeah. everyone just get over yourself. Yeah, it's We're like just people. everyone loves to peg, but the thing is, it's like, look, I'm an artist. No, I'm not a drug addict. Yep. No, I don't have emotional issues. No, I'm like, it's like, no, yeah, it's you're like, not sad constantly. I'm not sad constantly. <laughs> I'm, but it's like, it's like when I'm sad, it isn't because of my work. You know, it's yeah. like I'm a normal person. We, yeah. we have heartbreak. We experience things, right? Of course. I mean, I, ex I experience a lot of emotions. I'm a very emotional person and, and my work makes me very emotional. You know, and when I first working on it makes you emotional. I when I first started making this set of work, so I I've been working on this set of work about um, the fabled story of the bowerbird for about three years, um, and the story is, you know, the story of this bird is like he's a small bird, and he lives in New Guinea and Australia, 
And in order to catch a mate, the male bird has to collect objects, build these amazing structures called bowers, and collect objects and then do a song and do a dance. And the female comes down, and if she approves of him, you know, he mates. Right. And that is— You identify with the female or the male in this equation? God, I identify with the male. I mean, because I make shit, and I hope people like me, right? I mean, sure. I, and, but the thing is, everyone does. Yeah. Everyone decorates their homes. Everyone collects things. Everyone likes to talk about their job. Everybody likes to, you know, talk about places that they travel. It's all, I mean, we're all trying to, we're really all trying to impress sure. each other. I mean, yeah. really. But these paintings for me, when I first started making them, they were such a um, departure from what I used to make that when I was making the drawings for them, I didn't show them to people for about six months. And it was, Worried I Worried that people were going to judge you or you just didn't know if this was actually, is this just a quick phase that I'm going to grow out of? I'm going to be like, oh, that was a waste of six months. No, no. I was going through a really hard time when I started these paintings. It was about like uh, about four years ago, three, four years ago. I, I had had um, a, a bout of depression, which, hey, whatever, we'll talk about it. You know, sure. I, had a, I had I had a bout of depression, probably even when I, when I, when I met, first met you. So when I met Bill, I was, uh, we met, we, we met each other at this like, uh, we, salon. These, this like artist salon that our yeah. friend Lindsay Gorenson yeah. started and we met every month, you yeah. know, and say, talk about having an amazing place where we made amazing connections, yeah. right? You're a painter. There was a tap dancer, a trombone player, there, yeah, actors. There was this woman who was like, who wrote like a, a musical and went on a cruise every yeah. summer with it. Like, I'm like, what do you do for a living? Yeah. But here, insane. the interesting thing about it was that I think that even though we all have different medium, right. we all spoke the same language. Right. We right. all have the same problems. We all have the yeah, same, yeah. Like, you and, know. And I, and I was going through a very hard time at the time. I was having a greatly emotional time where I was doubting everything about my life. And I was doubting. Happens uh, to the best of us. Yeah. Doubting my own existence, you know, doubting whether or not. See, it's so I funny though, because as you're, for the last half an hour, yeah. you're very much like, well, the hell with everybody else. I know exactly who I am. I've always known who I am. No, but the thing is you still, doubt doesn't mean you're not. I mean, you know, it's funny, yeah. doubt and being, being sure of yourself doesn't mean you're immune to doubt. No, I mean, yeah, of course not. The thing is, I was still working all the time. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. I was yeah. working all the time. No, I, I just sort of had to have a period where I was wondering whether or not um, what I was going to do. I no longer felt connected to the work I was doing. I was having, I was, I mean, I was having a bout of depression. It was about my work. It was about my life. It was about like uh, my own existence, I think. So it wasn't an external thing. It was, I mean, in the no, sense no, that it I wasn't had, like. I, I had like a weird relationship that, and he said a bunch of weird shit to me and it, it made me kind of wonder what, what, you set, know. Set off your own stuff in your set, head. Yeah. And it said, you know what? And it happened. But then these works came out of it, you know, like yeah. I had a period where I thought, what the heck am I doing? And I told myself, I need to figure this out. And I remembered the story of this bird, this bower bird, which I had heard about when I was in an aesthetics class back in college. I fell asleep every day in that class, but I remembered him showing us pictures of these bowers. <laughs> I felt, I fell asleep. I mean, why, what the hell was I doing in an art aesthetics class? I mean, I was in art school, but I was an animator. For, I was learning art theory. It was yeah. crazy. And I sat in his class. I fell asleep every week in his class. I got an A because I wrote excellent papers. I wrote excellent papers. Um, and, but um, I remember him showing us pictures of these bowers, and they're glorious. You guys should really look them up, B-O-W-E-R. They're amazing. Um, and 
I remember these things and I remember it. And then I thought to myself, I think I should collect things. Yeah. So I started collecting things. Just objects. I went out and I started collecting sticks and string. My friends were giving me their old jewelry. I was collecting so much junk and I'm really weird about that stuff. And I decided weird about it in the sense that you have hoarder tendencies or you're weird that you normally no, because, wouldn't hold on. Because to that my family stuff. had, my family could have like hoarder tendencies and I grew up in a cluttered house and I, um, hate that. And also as an artist, we, damn it, we're artists. We have so much stuff. I mean, it's like, it's just inevitable and it's like, un, you just can't avoid it. It's One of the things I like about, um, being a digital photographer now is that like, all of my stuff is actually just on an eight terabyte hard drive that I could grab and walk out oh the God. door with. You know what I mean? Like, but you did film. You did film. I, I mean, I have and do shoot film occasionally, but for work now, I mean, the quality is just so good and I do so much yeah. manipulation. And it's also so much simpler. The process is simpler. Like, yeah. yeah, but as a painter, no. Yeah. I mean, if I were digitally painting, I just have a laptop or an iPad, but like, I don't know. I mean, this you, is. I feels like thing. you, I mean, if, if you like the objects and you like these bowerbirds and the things they collect, I mean, there's a physicality to all of that. Well, that I, seems like I mean, it connects I, with you. I mean, there's a, there's a physicality to it because I actually never did that before. Like, I, so I collected stuff and I decided to build these things in my apartment. And it was crazy because I felt, first of all, I was going through a period where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I gave myself a job. I said I had to draw in my sketchbook every single day, yeah. you know? So I did that, but then I started making these bowers in my apartment and they weren't very good. They were not, they were not structurally sound. They were <laughs> not, they were not, they would not have been approved by the female bower bird. Um, in fact, she would have laughed at me and, 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 you know, you know, like flew off and had sex with another bower bird. But, um, I, I love, these I, were physical objects. These were sculptures. I was physically making these things in my apartment and then tearing them down and then photographing them and just using them. And because I wanted to use them for reference, but what was great about it is that, you know, you know, that term, you know, the, a body in motion stays in motion. Sure. Like if you're sitting around, you're not making stuff, you're not making stuff. But because I got myself up and I started making these in my apartment, I felt revived and I felt alive again and I felt happy. And I, for a moment, forgot why I was sad and depressed. And, yeah. um, I know all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, in a lot of ways, this project you're working on, it never gives you time to have, I have no chance to be depressed. No time to ruminate. Yeah. But, right? but, it, but that makes me. Part of the reason why I do it is because I'm happier when I'm in motion. I'm happier when I'm yeah, making so stuff. Yeah, so, so am I. So why do I, why stop making stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean, even like being really happy, like fetishizing that term of being happy. The thing is, is that I was never an unhappy person. Yeah. But being unhappy is like, it's not, a, for me, it was never a state of mind. I mean, I know I was, I'm a therapist now. Yeah. I've been going to her for four but, years. She's but, great. But, 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 your, like, but your, your depression, you said earlier, yeah. was it more of like, existential dread more than just being sad or was it being sad and sort of existential questions of, of where you're going, and what you're doing? I just no longer had, I stopped having faith in myself, you okay. know, like, and but you've I, regained that. I, I have since, you know, you never get over certain things. And sure. you know, when you're depressed, it is, it's so confusing. Yep. And, and I was with, when I, I, I was with my, I, I'm with my therapist every couple of weeks and she's great. And, and even then I had always made fun of people who went to therapy I was like, you stupid American bullshit. Like I, I used to make fun of people because I once heard a girl say to me, yeah, I started seeing a therapist. I had no idea. I was so interesting. And I looked at her and I was like, but you're not like, yeah, yeah. 
you're no more interesting than I am. Or you, or the, but the fact that she's seeing a therapist doesn't mean that she's not an idiot. But know? meaning that the fact that she said that. So I just thought to myself, God, that's, uh, I was like, yeah. I, meaning that I just was like, whatever. Grown, is it. that what therapy's about? Then I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. I literally was like, let's, let's navel gaze a little bit more lady, you know? And also she was annoying. Um, I know I'm a jerk for saying that. No, but don't, but, but don't, um, but she's not obviously the archetype of all people. Right. No, no. See, but the thing is that I, and the thing is, as I've gotten older, I realize it's like, you know what? People should go to therapy yeah. and men should go to therapy. And I know I a think lot they of, should, they should hand therapists out when you're born. I <laughs> like, think that, I mean, I just think that it's really important to know, know understand your motivations and, yeah. and just like your own work, right? You're, yep. you're an artist, you understand your motivations. And if you don't have that, then you're just sort of free floating, which is also okay. But um, given that I've always been a naturally annoyingly cheerful person to be, to feel that way. And it wasn't sadness, you know, sadness is different from being yeah. depressed. It was this like gnawing sense of, of doubt, you know, yep. and a gnawing sense that everything that I ever believed in might not be true. And that's scary. Yep. Um, even though I was working, even though I was still getting hired for jobs, I was out doing murals. <laughs> I was like, it was crazy how much work I was getting. But I wasn't making my own work. Yeah. I was I was sitting and doodling in my, my sketchbook, but I wasn't I didn't and I wasn't even I wasn't even painting with acrylics yet. And I was painting with all these weird projects, you know. But I, I had I don't know, it was funny because I had I had um moments the the doubt was always something that was so confusing. I mean my but I desperately wanted to get out of it. Like and that's when I and that's what's interesting. It's like I didn't want to sit in my depression. I needed to get out of it. And I thought just sort of being out in the world and hanging out and being cheerful would get me out of it. But it doesn't really, yep. you know? And and I mean, I have and still do have a great sense of survival that when I went to therapy, it was like, holy crap, you know? And and I was telling this to Did my Did you therapist. find yourself being defensive when you first went to therapy? No, no. My therapist was great. She, okay. I, I was lucky. A lot of Some people, people kinda, who have your sort of tenacity uh-huh. would go, I could imagine them going to a therapist and saying, I know you're saying all these things about me, but like, you're wrong. I'm, you know what I mean? Like it's offensive oh, about no, no, it. No, you no, know? no, no. I was very, um, because she, my therapist is really interesting. She's good. And I, you know, a lot of people don't get. A, a, get to be lucky enough to get a therapist. That's good right off the bat. Yeah, and I th- was. There are bad therapists you know? and there are bad therapists. There are bad matches. Yeah. Right? There are bad there matches are, just like anybody else. You're the wrong else. therapist for me. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? She, she is a person, she's the kind of person where something about her, it worked. She yeah. had, she had a good touch with me. She was never like hammering shit. It's because, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a very, in a, in a household where like we were told what to do. We had to do it. Yeah, we were told what to do and we had to do it. And so I, I still, so there's a lot of part of me that when people tell me what to do and even, even if they could be right or it doesn't matter if they're right, I can get like, but no, no, she was good. Um, And also I was in a place because I had finally decided to research and find one that I needed one. Right. But um, it, because of her and also, and slowly getting myself out of it, I started feeling comfortable with starting to make these drawings, you know, during that time, I, I did start building the Bowers. I did start in a lot of ways, you know, proverbially building my life back up. And I, and I remembered how, and I was like, wow, this is great. You know? And I told myself every day you have to draw in your sketchbook every single day. You have to stop painting because you're wasting money and maybe wasting time. And I was Materials making, are expensive. I had started these 
big ass paintings in this studio yeah. that were incredibly wacky, really weird. And I and I did them for an entire summer. I did them for four months. And then You're I You're the kind of person who works quickly? I I work obsessively. I work a lot. Okay. I mean, yeah. there are some paintings go faster than others, but yeah. but I was making I, I I mean they were all stacked up the studio. There were like six yep. big paintings. And I hated them. I hated them. And I, I, but I worked on them and I worked on them and I kept telling my, but I, I hated them. They were super cartoony, still like, like my old style. And I just hated them. And so I told myself, now you must stop. You must stop and you must draw. So every single day I drew in my sketchbook. I got this beautiful brown tinted sketchbook and every day I drew. And then eventually I started drawing these birds, this bower bird. Drawing stuff that, drawing something that actually clicked. Do you remember drawing. the day when you were just drawing, 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 and then you went, oh, that's interesting. Well, the Bowerbird. So yeah. I, I had robots in my book. I yeah. had these girls in these weird, you know, outfits. Um, and then I started drawing these birds. And I was like, there you go. This is something that's beautiful. But I, but I just, just making things. I had to make stuff every day. I told myself, this is what you do. If you're going to sit around your apartment and be an asshole and, and be, be down <laughs> on yourself, you might, you, you get something done because at the very least, by the end of the day, you would have felt like you accomplished something. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, yeah. it, 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 you have something to show for the time. Yeah. I mean, and you know, what was really crazy is that like, and it worked, you know, I, I, you know, I, I showed these drawings to a couple of people. I even sold some, which was crazy immediately out of my sketchbook. Yep. And, and, and I, and I was with this uh, friend of mine, my, this friend of mine was like, do you want to like, are you going to start painting again? And I, and I, you know, I hated admitting that I didn't want to paint again. You know, I, I, there was a part of me that never wanted to do it again. And which is insane actually. Like when I think back on it, because that's also very dramatic. It's like, I will never paint again. Yeah. I will never make another piece of work, but that's crazy. I put down the brush. My hands will new move no more. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. I mean, see, you know, right back to, you can't get around who you are. Yeah. My, my, and, and so I, I, so what I did, I started painting, gessoing over those big paintings I started in the summer and they became the Bowerbird paintings. Yeah. 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 All the big ones that you saw that here. That I shot. Yeah. Underneath them was another painting. Interesting. Yeah. Did I, you photograph the, uh, yeah, the underlying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did. I photographed them and um, in fact, I recently deleted the last one, which well, is like a, a three by a three foot by three foot painting. It was the last one that I really did think I was going to keep. And then I was like, screw it. This board was meant for something better. Um, so that's what I started doing. And I started getting into designing patterns for my work. I started getting really into intricate work uh, for the work. I wanted to, I had never painted acrylic before these paintings. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, well, I'm going to ask, I have two questions. Once you painted oil before? I painted, so what I used to do is I used to do, uh, I would, what I would, uh, water down or, you know, like thin down oil paint and then yeah. I would draw over them with color pencil. So they all look like very big. Ah, that's what paintings. that look is. Yeah. You okay. came here, there were robot paintings in here. Yeah, the last yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. wondering, cause yeah, it feels like they're almost color pencil, but obviously there's paint. So it's, yeah. it's like sort of a, a wash of oil paint mm -hmm. plus colored pencils for yeah. the detail. Yeah. It, it, you know what else is interesting? The fact that now acrylic, 30 years ago, acrylic yeah. paint was not as good as it is now. Oh, it's so good now. Right. So it good. used to be where but I never knew acrylic just looked it. like a bunch of plastic. And now yeah. you can't tell the difference a lot of times. Well, I, mean, I just think that, so I'm still learning. I've been yeah. only, I've been working them, with them for Why less than four years. By the way? Huh? 
Huh? Why is that covered? Oh, oh. The plastic? I'll, I'll show you. I'll sh- I, I oh, okay. use these, all these different techniques. Okay. Anyway. Sorry, go ahead. No, um, I, I'd never really used acrylic before. Why not? Because I never did. I had always painted with oils. Uh, in my job, I paint with oils. And so, but what I wanted to do was I was like, all right, so the reason why I don't love painting with oils for myself, not for my jobs or not for anything else is because like, I'm a fast thinker and I want to finish. And so I decided, let's try out acrylics. Let's research. So I went into an art store and I asked like, how do you, how do you move acrylics a little better? So yeah. this art store, they showed me mediums, yep. you know, just like we have Add them. stuff to it to cook it down. Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, I use those to make backdrops. Like yeah, yeah. Medium inside of even just regular latex paint can really open things up. Yeah, it opens yeah. things up just a little bit. Not yeah. not even to make them dry slower because obviously there's some that dry slower, but yeah. just to kind of move the paint. Yeah. And I realized, you know, they're completely different from oil paints. Yeah. They're, it's it's actually shocking. Like I've been using oil paints forever, but I have a great sense of color. Yeah. I know how to make paint do stuff. Yeah. And it was just a matter of like, so how do I make? How do I make acrylic paintings? And around that time, I started a couple of paintings and then I got offered a solo show. (laughs) And then they're, and I was like, so they're like, so what are you going to do? I was said, well, I'm going to paint more of these birds. I started these paintings. I basically had paintings that were barely started. Yeah. And they're like, so it was back in, it was like, I think it might've been New Year's or Christmas. And they're like, can you have a show for us by May? And I said, Sure. How much stuff do you need for a solo show? I, I ended up becoming a two-person show because the space was too big. Okay. Um, but I made a lot of work. And what was so crazy is that like when I think back on that time during those like four and a half months, I don't know how the hell I made those paintings. It's all a blur. I, yeah, but you probably look back and I don't go, ah, oh, that was you must have been super what, flow state, what right? What a time. Yeah, yeah. No, I was scared shitless every day. Really? No. You no. were sitting here going, woo, because I'm cooking. I do not know how to use acrylic paint. Okay. I didn't know how to use it. I, it's interesting I, though. You can you can use acrylic as is or adding medium to it. You can slide it more towards an oil paint yeah, kind of thing. You can, you can give it. it gloss. You could give it movement. But you I can also, make it dry slower. I have actually been told that a lot of my paint, my paintings look like they're oil paintings. Yeah. And I think it's because I have that sensibility. Yeah. Like meaning that I still, I still know whether whatever it is you're using, you always know what it's supposed to look like. Sure. You always know that the process will lead to this. Even yeah. if it's a different process, yep, yep. like making smooth gradations with acrylic is so freaking hard. Yep. Um, they're there because they're not meant to do that. I mean, I mean, whatever, but yeah, and if you add varnish over the top of acrylic, it's going to completely change the way it looks. Right. I mean, there's things you could, yeah, there's all kinds there's of things. All sorts of things. There's all sorts of things. And, and, and the thing is, it's like, they're, they're still, they still, you still, I still knew what they're supposed to look like. So make, to me, it was like, well, it's just pushing color around. Yep. And somehow, miraculously, I made an entire show. I made a lot of paintings. Yeah. You, the, I made so a lot of the paintings. One, one of the ones that's in front of me, actually, a number of the ones that are in front of me, are using these sort of, uh, you, you've basically recreated sort of stone frames around, like these yeah. like uh, embossed, what, what, what would that be? Like sculpted frame? Like, sure. Like, what is and the they, word people well, would I mean, use? They're like decorative frames. Yeah, that kind know? of stuff. Yeah. And you've, you've sort of painted them, you know, quasi photorealistically, you know yeah. what I mean? Like not obviously down to like the pixel. Of, because like, I'm insane. Well, yeah. Okay. So the, the, <laughs> like that kind of thing, do you, when you are, are doing that kind of work, do you, 
do you find, is it sort of a flow kind of thing where you'll come in here or sit at home and for three hours you'll just be in uh, in the zone of just painting detail. God, I never sit straight for three hours. I mean, I, I mean, you get up and move I, I have friends think that I'm have ADHD. If I wasn't actually finishing these paintings, I might have it. But, um, you know what? The thing is, I just, I like the process of it. And sometimes it's slow lately. I've been really like kind of ADDing out, but, um, no, the thing is, it's like, I know what it's supposed to look like. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of get it, you get into the flow stage for mostly it's like, it is a struggle, yeah. you know, I, the thing is like, I'm tired and <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, I hate <laughs> she's like, can I take a nap right now? Can we start this up in 15? I mean, that's the, th- I mean, I mean, I don't want to like lie about it. Like I'm tired, yeah. you know, I'm exhausted yeah. from this work. I mean, um, you're not smoking meth and staying up 36 hours and doing this. Oh, I mean, the thing is, I kind of wish that I could. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, if only I could be the kind of person who could take drugs and like make stuff happen. It's like the thing is, like, I'm not. I actually yeah. when I first started making these paintings, I was in here a lot smoking weed and painting. But yeah. The thing is, I'm kind of not in that place right. right now where that's like even remotely a great idea. About like caffeine. Does caffeine do anything for you? A little. Yeah, I drink a lot of tea, and I actually should have probably had a cup of coffee today, but I was carrying all my. So for a little, for the last two weeks, I've been working at home, yeah. and I decided on this horribly on this horrible day of of sleet, snow, and rain yeah, that I would bring all of my stuff back here. Um, well, what is the difference for you from working at home versus working here in the studio? Is there, is there a distinctive difference? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a difference just because there's less distractions here. You know, yeah. I don't have my laptop here. I don't have my refrigerator on my does, bed. Does your bed call to you sometimes? I've, I take naps when I'm at home. Dangerous, it, right? I mean, it's wonderful, yeah. but then you end up sleeping for an hour. I yeah, mean, exactly. I, that, that's yeah. my problem. I mean, it's remarkably uncomfortable in my studio. It's kind of cold. Uh, the chairs are not that great. Yeah. Um, we have these nice air-on chairs, but... Yeah. Um, but you have, but you have no excuse not to work. I mean, I, 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 I futz around. You know, do you know what's crazy is that I didn't have a smartphone until a year ago. I and, think I remember that. That was a thing with you. Yeah. Well, the thing is they don't make, they, so I had a slide phone forever yeah, yeah. with the keyboard. Yeah. Oh, I miss that phone because this phone sucks. I actually have to turn it off um, because <laughs> the thing is, you know how all you guys got smartphones like years ago? You know, all you guys? You guys have all You mean got, like 10 years ago? Yeah, you guys have all gotten used to it. Yeah. And maybe you guys are still ADD about it, but you still got, but I am an addict. Okay, so you're just like, Sticking around on apps and looking at social yeah, media so and whatever I turn, it is. All yeah, I like I delete Instagram several times a week. I delete apps because I am. The thing is, I will look for and I, even before I had a smartphone, I will look for every reason not to work. I'm not going to lie, especially on an, that's a Android phone. Uh, yeah, you, you, there's totally apps you could do that'll lock you out of certain apps. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Shoot. So you could say yeah. between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. I can't open Instagram. Oh, I'm pretty sure that there are ways to do is, that. Is, it's ridiculous because um, when when I turn turn it off, I re- and then you turn it back on, you realize like nobody is waiting for you. Yeah, like isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. I, you know, I I do these daily pictures and I put them up. I mean, you know, some end up in my portfolio, some end up, you know. Uh, getting me work, work. Um, but mostly I put them up and people are just like, Oh, you know, followers. I was like, I don't, I don't really have that many followers. And yeah, I mean, I, I'll look at likes just from a, Oh, how'd that one do compared to this other one? Just interested in like how people react yeah, but that's to it. Also, that's also sort of super arbitrary. Oh, it's completely if arbitrary. You, if you put something up again, put up a pretty girl and it's going to get a lot of likes. Oh, 
Oh, are even you if kidding? it's a much better when photograph I, of some other person. I mean, the the portraits that you took of me that yeah. I posted, it's ridiculous. It's gotten more likes than anything yeah. else on my on my. Because you're like thing. cute girl in a blue dress. Yeah, I'm yeah. a cute Asian girl in a blue dress yeah. in a with in my art suit. I mean, give me a break, right? Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. That's yeah. like it's like you write Asian girl, right? And it's but like really the only reason me. I post all this stuff, yeah. is not for the likes and stuff, just to have. To know that there are a few thousand people out there yeah. who are "quote unquote" expecting to see a new shot today yeah. puts enough pressure on yeah. me to definitely say that I'm going to do it today. Yeah. If yeah. I was just doing it for myself and sticking a folder on my desktop, I'm sure there would be days where I'd be like, eh, "I don't feel like doing it." Today. The thing is, it's that like, um, I mean, as an artist, social media is really powerful, right? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I hate it. No, no, because I was at a thing recently where some well, I was talking to this woman and yeah. she asked, "Oh, what do you do?" I was like, "Well, I do editorial portraits, whatever it is." She looked at my Instagram. She saw how many followers I have, and she turned around and walked away from me. You know what? Who cares? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Once again, but I just—it's just fascinating. It's like really yeah, that is now the thing is people are really weird. Yes, um, people are super weird, and I, um, the thing is, I'm a I'm a late adopter. I, I only started doing Instagram two years ago. Yeah, you've only started using acrylic paints this year. Yeah, I mean, meaning I'm a late adopter <laughs> yeah. because not that I, it's because I mean I didn't even get a smartphone until a year ago. Yeah. Like I'm a late adopter because I don't care. But the thing is, the thing is, the power of social media is that it can make you money. And the power of it is that before that, we needed galleries. Yeah. We needed word of mouth. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, I showed up with this gallery, gallerist. I'm connected to them forever and ever and ever and ever. Yep. And all of these arbi- people who you always thought were arbitrary followers of your work start buying your work. Because the thing is, we get older, we get jobs. You know what I mean? Yep. Like everybody, people that I grew up with, I've had people from high school reconnect with me through my work and buy it. But are, mean, but do you feel crazy. like as as an artist on say Instagram putting your stuff up that that yes it's beautiful because you don't need a gallerist in order to get your stuff in front of thousands of people, mm-hmm. but at the same time that is also true of another six times as many people as that were ever in galleries are now doing the same thing at the same level that you get lost in the noise. Do you ever feel that? I mean, everyone's lost in the noise. Yeah. Even the people who are uh, quote unquote influencers, everybody's lost in the noise. I mean, it's not it's not just me or you. It's everybody. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, it's not. No, no, obviously that's power is a funny, you know, power is a funny word to me, right? I mean, power is really like what you give it, right? The thing is, I, I have specific reasons why I have to use social media because I am a business and you're a business. Yep. I, if I am not, it wasn't for that, I wouldn't use it. Yeah. I'm an island. I'm not an island. Like I need, it's not even about saying quote unquote relevant because God knows I'm not a super I'm not, I'm not a super famous artist. I, I, but I do think of myself as a very successful artist, right. you know, like I don't make a tons of money, but I make, I have somehow some way kept doing this. The, su- the success is like, I make enough money to keep doing this and I make what I think is good work. Is that yeah, your definition yeah. of success? I mean, obviously I, 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 I just think that the idea that I still want to do this after all this time, I make beautiful work. Right. I love what I do. And having social media is another place where I can say, in a, an easy place where I can show people what I do. I mean, the thing is, it's not all that other stuff is what it is. Look, I'm not a pop star. You know, you and I are not pop stars. We're not. We can like, start. Let's start a band today. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, right. I mean, and then we have like we start off with two followers, and then no one will care. But like, meaning that, like, meaning that it is what it is. And people, we're old now. And we're old. I'm 44. You're in your late yeah, 30s. But like, I look like I'm 20. 
21. Yeah, so but there are cool. actual 21-year-olds who are out there saying, oh my God, who cares about you? You're like old and washed up. Yeah, but how would they ever know how old I am? I'm kidding. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I cannot tell you, like in terms of the social media thing, if it's important, then it's important to you. The yeah. thing is, I just know that I sell a lot of work to people who don't know me because yep. because of that, and and I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty. Cool. I mean, I, I mean, there's power in controlling your own market. You know, there's yep. power in. I mean, not just. I love galleries. I have a show coming up um, in April in 2019. You know, and at this wonderful gallery, um, Deep Space Gallery, in New Jersey. Um, I so I love galleries. I but the thing is, it's like. No, obviously our relationships with galleries are different now, you know? Right. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's like, yeah, I can sell my own work, but I also love having these relationships. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's also, I, I mean, in your world too, it's very much like, you know, I have an agent. That gives me a certain cachet. Just yeah, but it's, I, you know, but it's not really an agent. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, I'm just saying the equivalent of that in the art I mean, world would be being in a gallery. I, I just think that anyone at all who can show your work to new people is yeah. great. I yeah. mean, I, I it, it, right. I mean, it, yeah. like having yeah, a sure. pla- having another place in which other people can see you. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful. You know, my, my friend I interviewed on the last show or a couple of shows ago, uh, basically had, has this theory that a lot of the people who are gallery level artists are people who are independently wealthy and don't need to make money anyway. And that's why they get to paint all day long. And that's how they have the connections to have the galleries. And they'll go, do you have, have you experienced a lot of that where there's people who are just, Oh, I'm a painter. They may be very good, but really the only reason they can get to that level is because they don't have to think about money and they don't have to think about where they're living or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's super fortunate. It's also interesting that they choose to be an artist, you know, to do that. I mean, I, I don't want to judge that. I, I kind of, yeah, no, I'm get, just wondering if you've, if you experienced um, that at all. You know, it's funny. It's like, I don't talk about, talk with artists about money. Yeah. You know, I, um, because the thing is, it's like money is a really kind of like a, a difficult thing to talk about as artists. Yeah. I mean, only really close friends really understand my situation. I has, I used to have friends who I had a friend who once was like, what are you independently wealthy that you can do this? And I said, no, I work a lot. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's not even like I sell so many of my big paintings that I can like make a living. No, it's like, I have a part-time job. Yeah, I have, yeah. I, I think that if you are a person who's has conviction to make things Yep. and you are fortunate enough to have the money to back it up. You're still making it yourself. Yep. Even if you're hiring people to make, I mean, the thing is like, yeah, some people hire people to make their work, but this is the career that you've chosen. You could be a lawyer. Yep. You could be accountant. You could be, you could be just sitting around partying all night long and you're not, you're sitting around doing painting. You're painting. So I would say that like, you, that's super fortunate that you have the means to pay for certain things. Yep. It's like some, the thing is, it's like struggle is relative. Yep. Everybody still struggles, you know, whether, and, and the thing is that now they have to fight off the stigma that they're rich artists. Yeah. You know yep, what yep, I mean? Yep. Like, so you're only successful because you're rich. It's like, no, I'm yeah. successful because I'm that, good. That's also unfair, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Right. I mean, yeah. and I, I have, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I'm very close with a lot of, my artist friends are all really lovely and we all have different stories. Some people are full-time teachers. Some people are, some people were lucky enough to have some money, but at the same time, it doesn't make their work less um, important or good. You know, I think that being good is being good. And if you're lucky or fortunate enough to get a gallery that picks you up high level, low level, low brow, high brow, whatever, who cares? Sure. It's like, 
you have committed yourself to something and thank God it's something for that's good. Yeah. Like meaning that it's for something that is not harmful. It's for something that um, makes the world a little bit more beautiful, a little bit more enchanting. Yeah. And even if I, I don't like your work, it doesn't make your work um, irrelevant. It's just like, I don't want anyone to say your work is shit because you didn't go to fine art school. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's also super arbitrary and unfair. Yeah. You know, like or like your work is too illustrative. It's not really art. Um, did you did you have a? I mean, in the gallery world, though, there is like a certain a lot of politics and networking and all that kind of stuff. Do you enjoy that part of it, or or is that just sort of something you have to do? Um, I used to be really shy, yeah. <laughs> and I had to learn how to articulate and discuss my work and um, be personable, right. be friendly. I mean, I've always been friendly. But no, I mean, I love, I, I used to be afraid of it, but also when I was, when I was 23, I probably didn't even know better. I just said a lot of stuff to a lot of people, but at this age now, I mean, I, I love the life. I love the social part in a way that's, I mean, I don't, I, I've gotten used to it where it's so much a part of my life that I am, I no longer think about it. You know, I don't think about it. I don't think about it just because it is, I mean, you're, you and I are having this conversation. You know, you know, yep. you, you know, I met through like artists, you know, like yep. it's not, um, people are people. I mean, what I do, what I do feel these days is like, and, and always probably after all these years, it's like, I do feel when someone needs a little bit of comfort when they're at a gallery, when they're like, when I just want to tell people, it's like, this is just a gallery. Yeah. These are just people. Yeah. Everyone here is just as afraid as you are. Yeah. And I wish that someone had told me that when I was 23 walking through galleries that I wish someone had just said to me. Everyone is fucking afraid, just like you are. Everyone's afraid of being judged. Everyone, yep. everyone's afraid, and so who cares, right? I mean, meaning that, like, it, it, I, I look forward to my art openings. I look forward to going to art openings. Sure. I look forward because you're proud of your work, friends. as if they're like your children. You're just like, oh, look, I, look, at, I made this cool thing. Yeah, but I also really look forward to seeing my friends. Seeing, I like, I like meeting new people. I love. It's just a big part of my life. Right. So no, I mean, the social thing is still, it's not as contentious for me now that I'm 37. Yeah. When I was like 25, yeah, it was scary, but you build up, you build up a social life. You build up um, an arsenal and I've also built up many, many bodies of work. I, so I don't feel, I'm also an adult, you know, I mean, we all have social anxiety and I've had social anxiety but it doesn't mean that, I mean, but everybody has social anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, but I think that if people are starting out, it's like, I, I can't tell somebody not to be afraid. Sure. You know, I can't tell younger people that like, or you can, it's just not going to work. <laughs> no. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You they have can. to learn it for themselves. You grow up, you know, and yeah. then some people would never get out of it, which is yeah. why some people don't get into this business because there is so much, but now, as I said, with social media, it doesn't matter. Right. But, yeah. um, we live in New York city this is like the world is your oyster here. There's a million people and all of them are interesting. And I want to hang out and learn about them. And I want to like do stuff. And if they want to show me, that's great. And if I just like hang out with this one person for the evening and we're like, we have this like, you know, we'll probably see each other at the next art opening. But I love, I love the social aspect of it in, in a way. But, but I was so afraid of it when I was in my twenties because yeah. I, I was I was 23 when I started showing. Yeah. I was a kid, you yeah, know, yeah. like I'm still really young. Well, you were on that show too. What was that like? Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so years and years and years and years and years ago, I was, uh, 
on this reality show called Art Star. Right. And it was a way precursor to the one that happened. Um, I can't remember what network ended up doing or like a, 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 like a more modern one, but yeah. But year I was 23. I was cast on my 23rd birthday on Artstar. I was I was a year out of college. Yeah. It made no sense. But there was a it How'd was How they a, find you? Why you? Um so there was a, a casting call by the gallerist Jeffrey Deitch at right. Deitch Projects yeah. down in Soho. And I I saw the ad accidentally and I had four paintings and they wanted to see five, so I made a fifth one. And I showed <laughs> I mean it was ridiculous. Guys, I do you think they were, were they casting people or were they casting their art? What do you think? Well, because some people can have really amazing art, but be really boring people. I, um, I was a really boring 23 year old. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So I did see the pilot. And so this very famous dealer, Jeffrey Deitch, who still has a gallery in Soho. He, he later on started to, uh, he was leading, uh, he was a director of, of Mocha in California. And then now he's been back and he has a gallery in Soho again. And he was like the hot gallery, gallery person, you know, this was like, I was 23 when I got cast. I'm 37 now. Right. So it's been a while, but he, I showed up at my audition. I I did see the pilot. And really when I did see the pilot, a question did come. It's like, why did they cast me? Mm -hmm. Because I was like, totally didn't belong with everybody. And I, he actually said, I think she could use a little loosening up. I think this would be good for her. That's why they did it? Yeah. And it's a funny thing. At the time, you know? though, did you think, wow, this is going to be my meteor into the stratosphere kind of thing? Of the no. even I mean, I've always had a really strong um, sense of being grounded. No. I mean, not at all. Not at yeah. all. I never. In fact, it was, it, felt, it was so weird when I think about that time in my life, how so naive. And also at the same time, it also kind of made me not want to be in the art world. You know, because the thing is, um, that's like upper echelon stuff, right? I mean, he's like, he shows people like- He's the kind of tastemaker that people buy stuff because he decided to show it to you. Yeah, I mean, he was like, he was like, he's like a hip, you know, whatever. He showed like people like Vanessa Beecroft and Jeff Koons and and he has like a hand in the Keith Haring estate. Um, Meaning that the thing is, it's like, I wasn't cool. And guys, I'm really not cool. Like, I mean, I love what I do. I think I have a cool life, but meaning that like, I'm not like, I don't dress weird. I'm not a cool person. Like I, I'm just like a worker bee, like everybody else. Right. So him casting me was so strange. You know, I was 23, a year out of college, like 20 pounds heavier and like, didn't. And, and I was in, in the show where I went to Jeff Koons' studio and, um, it's really weird to talk about because I pretty much, it, it, it feels like it never actually happened, right? It feels like a dream, like it, it happened to somebody else? It felt like, I mean, it's a lifetime ago. I was, I was really, I was a kid, you know? Like, what do you know when you come out of college? Right. Like nothing. But at the same time, what it did do for me was that it, you know how we, we had been talking back and forth about you can't get around who you are. Yeah. I didn't want to be an animator, and this was for me a entree into the world of being in galleries. Yep. I had my first group show at Jeffrey Deitch's gallery, Deitch Projects. I made my first sale with Jeffrey Deitch. And when I think about just saying those words, how, words, how crazy. It's good for your CV. Yeah, but how crazy is that, right? It makes yeah. no sense, right? I sold my first painting for $600. Right. It was like this small painting of, of sheep. 
And it was like pinned to the wall at the gallery and it sold for $600. And I was like, cool. I made my first sale. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like so funny. And I, w- I was, yeah. And the show came out and it was so, and I, I, I don't know, people still saw it for, people saw it for years because it was, it was on the satellite network called Voom. And, and it's so funny because in a lot of ways, that's the most uninteresting part of like, that's such an uninteresting part of my life, you know, like meaning it's interesting because we talk about it, but in a lot of ways that was like a, that was a signpost for me to say, this is okay. You should see what this is going to be like. And I've had many times where I regretted it, where I've regretted deciding to stay in the art business. And then I've had, but then you kind of can't get around it. Like, you can't get around the fact that you want to make shit, right? Like I couldn't yeah. get around it. Like I, I'm, I'm in the studio and I get to make these beautiful things every day. And that's such a gift. And that's yeah. something that if I went back and I told 23 year old Gigi, it's like, so this is what your life is going to be like. If you decide to do this, she'd be like, shit her pants, you know, like, it's like, wow, I've had like three solo shows in the last three years. Like I've like, yep. I like got to, I have a booth at an art fair last year and I'm doing the same thing this year. Like I'm brave enough to do that. Like I am traveling because of my work, yep. you know, is that it's like living the dream, yeah. right? It's it, yeah. that, I mean, isn't that, From I mean, they're on in. It's just a matter of degrees. The fact that you're not yeah. making $5 million a year is just like, but yeah, who, but they're doing the same but, thing. But who the hell is making yeah, yeah. $5 million Two, three, a four people. Nobody. Right. Right. Exactly. Nobody, literally right. nobody. Yep. yep. Right. Yep. And, um, the thing is like the truth of the matter is like, and, and everything is that like, it's all super relative and no, nobody actually makes that much money as an artist. Yeah. And, and when they do, I mean, it, it's wonderful if you can. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I, I didn't, I'm not in this for the money. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Obviously. Oh, obviously I could have yeah. had a job or something. I mean, my God, like, but if I, I think about, I think about the trajectory of my life and I think about it often. I think about it often because I think about how funny it is. Yeah. I, when I'm painting these paintings and when they're getting to a place where they're so beautiful, it makes me, my heart hurt. Yeah. That's like, You're that's like, a yeah, fucking made miracle. It. It's funny. Sometimes there'll be a photograph that I have an idea for and mm-hmm. I'll make it happen. You know, get the person, get the lights, do whatever it is. Yeah. And you finish it and you go, yeah, that's pretty much what I had in my head. And it almost makes you a little teary. You're just like, wow, wait a minute. I, I, I created, I made this thing that I only dreamt of before. Yeah. And it's pretty close. Yeah. And now you're at a point in your life, just like me, where it's like, that's what you do. Yep. This is, yep. And there's no excuse for being mediocre. Nope. And I want every one of my paintings. And in fact, I, 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 you know, I have this painting that's on my table that I showed Bill that, um, and it's like one of my favorite paintings I've ever made. Yeah. And I and I love that I can still say that as the work turns out yeah. and I just kind of go, wow, this is like I'm like and I'm in a lot of ways I get very divorced from my work after I'm done with it. You yeah. know, I like I kind of like, you know, I want it to go off into the world, maybe sell it. I want to show it to people, but yeah, you're not same. one of those people who's precious. You're just like, I don't know if I want to sell that one. You're just I make like, no, sell so, it. I make so much work. It doesn't yeah, even keep moving. make sense for me to keep my work. Yeah. I mean, there are things where I'm like, wow, I How much of this painting. behind me is yours? Oh, not most of it not. Um, some of it on the bottom is, but I have some work at home too. 
Um, a lot of my work is not here. A lot of my work is at my gallery in New Jersey. Yeah, sure. At Deep Space Gallery. They're a great gallery, guys. Deep Space Gallery in Jersey City. I, 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 have, I have three quick questions for you. Yeah. Number one, are there standard colors that you tend to use? Especially, you know, with the paint, especially, I mean, I know you just moved to acrylic, so it's a little bit different. Maybe you came up with new colors that were, but are there like, yeah, it's these eight standard. I like this blue and I like it. I mean, I don't need to know what they are. I'm just wondering, do you settle on a palette? I have, I love my blues. I love my browns. I love like carmine reds and, um, I love, no, I love all of them. And in fact, you know, what's really funny is that. Because the colored I, pencils, you have way more colors than you would generally buy oh yeah, tubes of paint. Because they're, they're cheaper. Yeah. Pencils yeah well, are that's cheaper. the thing, right? Paint's expensive. Um, the paint, the paint thing is a really funny thing because I'm still discovering the range of colors of the acrylics. Yeah. So because uh, I don't have a lot of money, and uh, I kind of keep with the same same few colors, and if I'm lucky, I get to go buy a new one, right? But um, no, I'm still getting. I'm still. Every painting is a little bit different. I, I've been lately loving painting on black. You yeah, know, these dark paintings. Oh, a black base and then painting over it. Yeah, I've been loving. Is it I've actually black it. or is it a just a dark color that you put it's on? It's black. You know, okay. I, I put down a black base and I paint over it. And do you use cheap paint for the black or do you use? Yeah, I use. I, I so use. It's so it's fascinating all this kind black. of stuff. <laughs> I use the really cheap paint to to just paint the ground because it's cheaper, right? Yeah. And, um, I'm still discovering every. I mean, the thing is, the colors aren't that different yeah. from oil paint. It's just that they work. They work differently. But the thing is, like, I had to start from scratch again. Yeah, sure. And because we have all these oil paint, my studio partners all paint in acrylic and uh, in, in oil paints. And so I've I've amassed a collection of oil paint that I'm no longer using. So I, I my studio partners use them, but um, I have a very small collection of acrylic paint that all fits in a Tupperware box on the floor of yep. my studio. There it is. Um, and I have That's some. That's actually, but look, that is, there are probably, there are colors, what, 20 or 30 colors you in know, there? And I have some some people who give me paint when I'm lucky, and uh, my studio partners are really nice. They get me a, a gift card. I'm going to use this as a reference to see you. I, I know. Check that out. I'm going to do Yeah, gonna that, use, and my phone. My phone is there. With your phone. Um, I'm going to put it, I'll put it in the. And, in the and brushes post. are cheap. You could buy like 100 of them from Michael's for like. $20. Oh, is that what you do? You just buy brushes in bulk? I buy so many. I have, well, also I, t- I used to teach these little uh, kids, these uh, drinking paint classes. So I actually. Had just tons of brushes for the kids? T- well, for, for adults. I okay, taught drinking okay. and painting classes. Okay, not sure. kid and painting classes. Okay. Yeah. Adults would get drunk. It was great. It's um, a, that's a thing. That's a thing. They do all that figure drawing where there's like beer involved. You ever, you ever see these things? Like I, you bring know, your notebook, free beers. It's like ten bucks or whatever. I don't go to those because I don't drink. You know. Yeah, I don't drink either, and I, I, but I, I went to one because I can't draw to save my life. This is oh, like, the people should are know fun. this about those me. Those are great, and I just want to get better at it. It's just like okay, naked person there that I can just try to figure out angles and curves oh, you and whatever. Should absolutely good. You know, also because yeah. you're you you're very uh, sensitive to the human body. I think that you should. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I see it that. that way. I just can't draw it. Okay. Number the question number two. Uh, if you're making, you made murals, a lot of murals and stuff, big stuff before. Yeah. Does the scale of a work change the amount of detail you put into it? Or do you just sort of, it gets, it's just more of it. It's just more. I, I, I think what happens is, um, at some point with a mural, you have to let it go. Yeah. You have to let it go. Cause if you just keep going deeper, it's like a fractal. You could just keep going yeah, and putting detail in there. You can go on forever. I, the thing is. People are going to look at it from twenty feet away. They're not even going to yeah, notice that thing you're adding. Yeah, you're never really supposed to look at a mural like you're, with your face against it. Like you're yeah. actually supposed to stand back from it. And you know what? You you have to let it go at some point. Also, you can't be in that room forever. No, you know, no, not at all. Yeah. 
Okay. That's the other thing I was going to say. And then, uh, uh, finally, have you ever had a situation where your sketch was better than the final painting? Um, I think that my sketches and my drawings are very different from each other, the way I handle them. So, uh, with this work, I don't know. It depends. I actually, I've had moments where I just prefer to draw over painting. Yeah. Um, but never a thing where you're just like, there's something magical about this drawing that I'm painting and whatever the magic is, is not translating to the paint. Uh, I just, in that case, just keep working on it. Yeah. I just think they're different. I I, I think that they're different. I want to make all of my paintings magical Yeah. and the drawings, the drawings are just naturally more immediately magical because they're faster and, and they're looser. And I, I like to make all my paintings and at the same level of finish and drawings are sort of, um, I let the drawing live and breathe differently. They breathe differently while paintings, um, have a little bit of a weight, yeah, more weight to them. And so, yeah, I mean, they're different, you know, also they're cheaper to sell. People buy the drawings faster than yeah, the yeah, paintings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the show's in May? Uh, April. April rather, sorry. At Deep Space Gallery in New Jersey. Okay. And what do you, what do you got? You got Instagrams and social medias. What do you got? What do I got? What do yeah. you mean? Yeah, what? I have an Instagram, which is uh, at ggchen.art and my Facebook you know, oh, you just look me up, Gigi Chen. It's know? funny. Uh, uh, my mother calls Facebook messaging face mailing. Face mailing. Yeah, she's like, I send him a face mail and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Mom, I love you. How old is your mom? Uh, she's 70. You know, that's great that she's she in Thailand right now. I, oh, so she's And she'll cooler. be listening to this. She's one of the biggest fans of the show. So hi, Mom. So she's cooler than us. Oh, she's way cooler than us. <laughs> So she doesn't need you and I are sitting here in snowy, (laughs) cold, gross, disgusting, you know, New York city. My mother's like on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Actually she's in Chiang Mai now. She's up in the mountains. What's your mom's name? Cindy. Cindy, you are so much cooler than us. (laughs) We're sitting here painting. All I want to do is go on vacation and stop painting. She's there till May. So she won't even be back for your show. Okay. Then you are so much cooler than us. (laughs) I honestly, I am so tired. All I want to do is go sit on a beach or like you know go what? hiking. You don't. You're going to pick up a sketchbook tomorrow and you're going to draw and paint. Oh, I hate you. I, all I, no, honestly though, I have been working at these paintings for so long that all I want to do is take a break. And I know yeah. that I, I kind of can't, yeah. you know, and also I've made a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my show is going to be, uh, it's, it's a one person show. But it's with, uh, but there are two different rooms in the gallery. So it's kind of like two, two person shows. Yeah. And I'm showing with this amazing artist. Her name is Alexis Kondra, K-A-N-D-R-A. She is amazing. Honestly, guys, between us. Come to see Alexa Kondra. Alexis Kondra. Alexis Kondra. And honestly, between Alexis and I, we are going to make the gallery explode. She is so spectacular. Okay. Like for real though, like my dealers and I like. Uh, the, the, my, the lovely people at, at Deep Space, I've said to them, I was like, you have chosen two people that might make your gallery implode. Like, because it's be she, awesome. she is so amazing and I adore her and I haven't seen her this year because I suck and I've been working a lot. But, um, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to come to the opening. Come to the opening. Yeah. Maybe your people will come to the opening too. Yeah. We'll get some people out there. Yeah. Make all the humans come over. All right. Come look at some, some animals and some birds. Is there anything we didn't cover? Uh, I got, we talked, we did good. We did I good think we for did like good. an hour and a half. Now you're going to cut Is this that down. How long, how long have we been editing? We have been Almost. going for an hour and 30 minutes. Exactly an hour and a half. You know, I know things. Also, there's a clock behind you. Oh, you you've know? been watching it the oh, whole time? I, watch, I, I look at that clock all the time because I turn off my phone. 
There's oh, a cow right. on top of it. It's My, funny that you actually have a clock. See, that's a rare yeah. thing in today's world. Yeah, we used to have it. We used to have one that was just like a regular clock, but it, it fell or the battery ran like, out. Like a like a, a analog clock. Like a tick 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 yeah. clock. Did the ticking drive you crazy? Um, no, but what's crazy is that I, I, are you going to have pictures of my studio? On, I might. Yeah. yeah. I was going to take a few. My studio partner, Glenn Palmer Smith is an amazing painter. He is 77 years young and he co- used to That's collect stuff. Everything on the studio wall is his, is stuff he's collected or some of his kids art, some of his old paintings. But Glenn is an amazing photorealist painting painter. Uh, it's not at all on the wall. What yeah, he has. Yeah, but yeah. He, so he used to travel the world and collect things. So there are things from all over the place in my studio. Um, he used to be a photographer for Vogue, French Vogue. Oh, okay. He uh, used to represent photographers until he quit and started painting. You know, he also hates money. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no money in photography either, so don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> So it's like, no, guys, you're going to become millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys will see the, the tableau of my art studio. It's kind of insane. I share my studio with four, with three guys all in their 70s, and they're all, like, amazing people. They've all given they, up. Did they call you a young whippersnapper or anything like that? When I was 20, in my 20s, they used to give me advice. In my 30s, I'm like, cut it out. I they I mean for a while Glenn used to be like like used to be like trying to set me up with guys. I was wondering if they were all like trying to set you up with their grandchildren and stuff. No, no, no. No. Only one of them has grandkids. One of and they're like they're like five Little years kids, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but no, you know what's crazy is that they know better than to try because <laughs> I'm really stubborn. Um but uh but guys I am single. So, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Be careful. You're going to get a lot of email. No, right, no my boyfriend and I recently broke up. So oh, really? guys, yeah. Uh, well, we don't yeah. have to put this in the podcast. All right. I'll cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gigi, for taking the time. This is fun. No, it was great. What That's, a great uh, reason to come up here. You know? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, I'll put it up and we'll send you a link in the next day or so. Yeah, I hope the, you have millions of people listening to this. Yeah, fifteen hundred, a couple thousand. I don't know. We'll see. Make me famous. Yeah, you're going to be a big episode, I think. Make me famous. <laughs> you're already famous. You've been on TV. <laughs> you should leave that in. Just make me famous. All right, I'll do that. This is episode twenty-two, magical number twenty-two. Yeah, right. Isn't eleven? <laughs> uh, is is wait, is it twenty-two? Uh, uh, wait, where'd Gigi come from? Because that's not a Chinese name. No, my my aunt um, had a book of American of Western names, and she. Wait, do you have a Chinese name too? I have and a then- Chinese name. My, uh, it's uh, it's it's Zifan Chen, and my parents. So my my aunt named me by my Western name, Gigi. Yeah. She wanted to give me a name that my parents could pronounce. So. Not to be uh, racist or anything. No, like S's and yeah, L's yeah, 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 and R's. Yeah, sure. So Gigi was easy. So she picked it out of a, a out of a name book and named I, us. I I had a I had a friend in middle school named Gigi Winninger, and she was she. In fact, I think we're friends on uh, in, uh, Facebook again. But uh, her real name is Jeanette, so she went by Gigi as shortened for Jeanette. Oh. But for you, it's just Gigi it's, as like sort of a a short Western name. Yeah, an easy, an easily pronounceable Western name. My, I mean, to give you context, my little sister is named Ivy. My cousin is named Rafferty. 
Rafferty. Ra- see, do you see? This is all like from a book of Western names. Yeah, these are just like, they just pointed and, right? <laughs> I guess these are not names you would normally yeah, choose. These are not like, nor- this is not like Western, like Bill. Yeah. Right? Right? This yeah. is like, you're like, wait a minute. I that know a guy named sense. Ivory. His brother's name is Shelter. Shelter, not Sheldon. Shelter. Shelter. Like yeah. like the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. very solid, put yep. together, four walls, a yeah. roof. Yeah, shelter. I kind of <laughs> like that name. Uh, their uncle is uh, is uh, uh, Sarah, uh, the sculptor. Sarah. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Richard Sarah. Richard Sarah is their is their uncle. No fucking way. I am Ivory and Shelter. Their father's like a some big uh, lawyer. And, uh, Wait, so seriously, Richard Serra, you know, is their uncle. my favorite thing in the world is to run through his sculptures really, really fast. Like the ones up at Dia? Beacon? Oh, those are the ones I run through the fastest. Big spirals, yeah. Yeah, I run through them because it feels like you're never going to make it to the middle. The ones yeah. that, are, that have a lot of uh, tunneling. Yeah. Like, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Big Richard Serra fan. I mean, anything that's that large that I can't knock over. Is it's weird thinking of art, art that big, you know? It's kind of cool. I think that art in a space like that is pretty, pretty incredible. I don't know. I love Dia. I didn't discover it until I was like maybe like 30 years old. And now it's like what I go to like twice a year. Oh, you, you take know? the train up there and just walk over? Yeah. That's what you do. Yep. Right? I haven't been in five or six years. I should go actually. I like going every year. I like to go as many times as possible. Um, and Storm King. The thing about New York is so... You can do that. Like the fact that even like in New York, I mean, if you want to go see art any day, the I mean, there's there's a dozen museums you haven't been to in New York. Yeah, and even if you go to museums of art studios. Yes, that, where people let you go see stuff. Yeah, I mean, meaning it's like meaning that art is. I mean, it's we're so saturated with artists. Like it's so it's yeah. ridiculous almost. Um, it's really funny how that's a business. Yeah, people like sell art spaces. I mean, yeah. that's insane, right? I mean, yeah. we have we might have about. 30 artists in this building, 20, 20, maybe not that many, but I mean, meaning that that's crazy because all we need is a block of space. We don't even care if there's heat in our spaces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no, the heat's not on here. Right. You know, but it's okay. Right? No, it's fine. Yeah. The, uh, man. Okay. Let's stop before I keep talking and then I'm like going to go another hour and a half. You good?